Welcome back to Circus Z, a podcast on anything and everything that piques my curiosity. And today we have a author, a philosopher, and my teacher, Vimarshana. He has written three books on philosophy called A Critical Introspection, Post Politica, and A Citizen's Guide to the Third World. Hi, sir. How are you? Good. Great to be here, Vipulesh, and you know, it's a great initiative that you have to, you know, take philosophy forward. It's amazing, and it's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you. And just a disclaimer to anyone listening, Vimarshana taught me in school, and he did ask me to call me by his name, but it's a force of habit, and it's very, very <laughs> difficult to call teachers anything other than sir. Or... Maybe that's something we can talk about, like forces of habit. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, so how this episode kind of came to be was, um, mostly because of the impact that philosophy had on me and, uh, well, in Sri Lanka, the education system doesn't necessarily cater or offer philosophy to students. And it was only in my last year of school that I was introduced to philosophy in an enrichment period and Vimarshana was the teacher. And the the lessons or the teachings of philosophy were so impactful that I kind of looked for answers myself and that's how I found stoicism. Learning about philosophy and the teachings of philosophy improved my my thinking and my mental well-being to a, to an extreme that I didn't think was possible and it gave me a new perspective on life and I thought that this was something very interesting that I could share with a lot of people and that a lot of people could relate to. Uh, right, so- That's amazing. I mean, just to sort of give you a primer to all of this, it's, you know, before what I'm going to say today, it's amazing that like, actually, to be honest, enrichment was the only subject, if you can call it a subject that I ever enjoyed teaching. So yeah, I mean, I, I just feel very heartened that it made the impact on you that I hoped, I think, I think all education should make an impact on kids, but unfortunately it doesn't. Whereas this freewheeling education, which is the enrichment we did has, and that's, that's amazing. That's, you know, that really very heartening. Of course, sir. Ah, there you go again with the sir. I'm, I'm trying really <laughs> hard not to say so. <laughs> right. So um, it tracks very closely with what I said in the enrichment in my own studies and adventures in philosophy. But basically, there's a paradox of modern life. And that is that we are so materially well off. And when I mean we, I must very carefully say the privileged. And I don't mean the whole masses of planet Earth. But you know, if you're living in a developed country, and obviously this course initially was delivered before COVID. So you know, if you're if you're an American, upper middle class, middle class American, your material well-being is better than kings and queens 50 years ago, right? You know, you've got your uh, iPads and your air conditioning and, you know, Uber mm-hmm. and, yeah. yeah. So, but the, the paradox here is that despite of all these things, there's a depression epidemic and an anxiety epidemic, and they're comorbid, so they go hand in hand. Uh, now, obviously, we are all focused on the physiological COVID epidemic right now, but before that, and, and, and COVID just makes it worse. So what's wrong? Like, this is the question that, you know, we must, philosophy is not about old men with long beards in ancient Greece. Yeah? Yeah. So what is, what's wrong? And to answer these questions, Vipulesh, there's so many, you know, in human history, there are so many vendors, yeah? Mm-hmm. And uh, since this is philosophy, I can sort of speak freely, but for a long span of human history, yeah, how to solve these existential issues, you know, the suffering here on planet Earth has been religion. Yeah. So, and, but the problem is that in the 
20th century religion was marginalized yeah mm-hmm. you know for very good reasons i would say as an atheist myself but the question is now that left a huge vacuum so if we are so much better off the american today is way better off than their parents were material right if convenience is ubiquitous like everywhere you know what what can't we get at the click of a you know click of a button and the you know touch of a touch screen yeah so but the problem is why are we so sad so my my philosophizing starts with that point not the history of philosophy and you know plato and all these things yeah so what's what's up why are people so sad when they have so much and so this is that this is very particular and specific to people who have this is not poor kids in africa yeah so mm-hmm. what's what's wrong so there have uh, been so many yeah go ahead yeah so so what i realized with well our generation at least mm-hmm. is that yeah. the whole concept of mental illness or depression mm-hmm. anxiety it's mm-hmm. it's been romanticized in mass media with shows okay. like 13 reasons why with mm-hmm. you know people speaking up against it that mm-hmm. it's almost you know turned into this sensation sensational mm-hmm. topic where mm-hmm. everyone who feels sad just falls deep and mm-hmm. deep into mm-hmm. the trap because yeah. they've kind of been shown the exte- uh, shown like the bad end of the extent mm-hmm. that it can go to mm-hmm. and i feel like that plays a huge psychological effect on kids these days and they kind of start to feel like they're falling into the same trap which just takes them down this you know a spiral that eventually yeah. leads to that point cuz even when when the pandemic hit and my life was you know the best it's ever been and i was having the time of my life and yeah everything just went away like half of my friends moved to uni yeah. uh, i was locked up at home and mm-hmm. I, i mean i wasn't even able to have the experiences that i was i was you know like planning to have in uni yeah. Yeah, yeah and that kind of took me to a bad place and of course a lot of like personal uh, stuff things that every teenager goes through now yeah. it just takes you to a very very negative end of the spectrum that you're not necessarily used to in in yeah. your early childhood and mm-hmm. i feel like teenagers nowadays and at least me i just straight away assume that oh right i may be depressed yeah. i may need help yeah. but i feel like there is a process and what people forget is that there's so much you can do to stop yourself from mm-hmm. slipping into this state mm-hmm. as opposed to just giving into it and you know looking for the bad end of the spectrum because of how yeah. sensationalized this whole topic is yeah i mean i do agree that mental illness and there's as with anything and that's kind of like my you know underlying thread here is that you know that there's a philosophy of everything including running including like you know the most seemingly trivial things michel foucault was a very famous french philosopher and he talked about how this madness which depression used to be called and you know uh, labeled as it, it, it's gone through so many evolutions yeah like it, it, it's evolved from you know but i understand what you mean like obviously you know it's it's almost i love that word you romanticize sadness but on the other hand the only you know this is philosophy so we can always agree disagree we can challenge you know this is not religion so all i can say is yeah you're right that there is a sort of a fetishism like a focus and obsession with one's own mental health nowadays but what i can say is like there is also some you know what i always tell my friends is sometimes it's not the fish that is ill it's the water in the fish tank yeah mm-hmm. so we are expected to function positively and be happy in an environment that this is not an environment that facilitates that yeah mm-hmm. you know like you know if you look at a lot of people who do office jobs 
they are very sedentary. Yeah, now this is the moving away from philosophy. They are sitting at screens. Kids are under immense exam pressure, right? Like I'm a teacher. Yeah, an unwilling one, but I'm a teacher with relation. <laughs> kids are under so much of stress and, you know, I'm sure maybe I didn't take school seriously, but when I was in school, obviously some kids were under stress, but this is a new, another level. Yeah. Okay. True. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, you're right in a sense that obviously, you know, there is a medical sort of, you know, the psychologist and the psychiatrist have created these issues as well, but from a philosophical perspective, the modern world, you know, is very, it has its own stressors, which don't involve survival. Yeah. It's not about mm -hmm. getting your daily meal. It's not the caveman problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's a different set of problems. Yeah. Like if you take I, I, the best example, which every kid can relate to is social media. Yeah. Like, you know, those days we used to compare ourselves to 20, 30, 40 people. And when I mean those days, I always mean the sort of uh, primitive, uh, cave, uh, you know, uh, sort of primordial cave man, cave woman setting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now you're seeing the highlights of everyone's life and that's not their real life because no one's posting a video of being stuck in traffic on Monday morning and getting, <laughs> you know, scolded by your boss. Yeah. So it's a new set of stressors and I get it. it. You know, the lockdown was very difficult. So this is, this is what my whole, you know, uh, sort of philosophy in terms of what I try to tell the kids is, you know, taking Prozac, the medical solution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And consumerism, the market solution. Yeah. None of these things will because they always want to change the fish, but sometimes this modern world, though it's much more comfortable and convenient, you know, you can, you probably are ordering something right now on Uber Eats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the problem is this, this environment is, you know, sometimes it's the toxicity of the water that poisons the fish. Yeah. So, but I do definitely take into account, you know, it's, there's a romanticization of emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a very good point that you brought up. So basically in human history, as I was saying earlier, and Vipulesh will interlude with these wonderful questions. It's like what has happened is we have made so much of progress and, you know, sometimes you're the victims of your own success. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So thousands of years, majority of people toiled in the fields and life was very tough infant mortality was high you know um it was miserable for the peasants okay <laughs> but the only thing they had and i've told you very explicitly i'm an atheist but this is where atheists don't like me because you know i still have a not a soft spot but i still understand the importance of religion for thousands of years and you know what the peasants were taught? Okay, you know what? Don't worry, you're going to have eternal heaven in the next life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But about in the enlightenment, yeah, that was a great flourishing of rationality. We, and you know, the great philosopher, this is why I don't want to talk about their lives because it's a bit boring for kids, but all I can say is Frederick Nietzsche. You know, he had this wonderful saying, which I think everyone has heard, God is dead. But, but they don't know about the next sentences and we have killed him. Yeah. Mm. So what has happened is now we got rid of religion. Yeah. And this happened in my own life as well. I was anyway, not from a religious background or anything, but once you get rid of that, now you're left alone in this world, right? There is no next. Yeah. There's nothing next. Yeah. Yes. So then what happens is now you've got to make meaning in this world. Yeah. Now science is science is what really upseated God and religion and the church and in different different areas, whatever the institutions were, religious institutions were. But the problem is now science is explaining the natural world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Now, what is that going to leave us with? It's going to leave us with a huge void. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now to fill that void, what we have is a type of, I know, we have many things, but under the broad umbrella of consumerism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you buy this, you will feel better. Yeah. Yeah. If you wear this, people will like you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at the same time, there's a cult, there's a, um, there's a sort of a movement, probably starting from the 1960s, mm -hmm. of happiness. You should be happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this is a huge burden and the relevant philosophy here, because look, I must give credit to these people. And unlike most of the people I quote today, he's alive, Pascal Brachman, mm -hmm. French philosopher. Yeah? It's called On the Duty to be Happy. So that's a book that every, you know, I, I would, you know, recommend to every. Yeah. So. Now, the problem is consumerism says buy that new iPhone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, buy those new shoes, whatever. Yeah. And mm -hmm. you'll be happy. And under consumerism, ironically, comes maybe absurd, not ironically, comes pharmacology, right? If you're not happy, pop a pill. Mm -hmm. 1980, the year escapes me, Eli Lilly re released Prozac. And a good chunk of the American population was on Prozac and no science, the scientists are still not sure how Prozac works. It, mess, it changes your neurotransmitters for sure. But how it, you know, it's just, so pharmacology, self-help is another one of those things. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. today it's seven steps to be happier. Tomorrow, now they want to sell another book. It's nine steps to be happier. Yeah, you can sell mm -hmm. edition two, right? <laughs> <laughs> because you know how authors work okay, as a very unsuccessful one I can take shots at the successful ones yeah the easy sugary message sells okay mm. then you know they'll, but as only philosophy can tell you because here's the thing with philosophy it really the great philosopher though we shouldn't definitely idol worship, you know, we should worship them. They really didn't care about whether their message, they are not the vendors. This is where I demarcate them from the vendors, distinguish from the vendors. Yeah, religion was the greatest vendor in human history. Mm -hmm. When religion took a backseat in the developed world, yeah, came consumerism. You buy this next thing, you buy this, yeah, whatever, okay? And you'll be happy, but why? Okay, if that is the case, why is there a depression? Why is there an anxiety epidemic? Kids now depression, sorry, anxiety starts in the teens, the early teens now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At least childhood, remember you, I think you alluded to childhood was a time where you know we were immune, you know, we were immune from that. Yeah. It was a joyous time. Now it starts early. You know, you guys are worried about your exams, your marks, your you know, little kids come to me and talk to me about their futures and their universities and their, you know, I'm like, seriously? Yeah, so uh, along those lines, yeah, and yeah. I'm going to kind of go back, ah, <laughs> uh, go back and kind of come back to the whole point of consumerism. I, I personally was born into a pretty religious family, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. luckily they were liberal enough to kind of respect my views to not kind of follow religion if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even though in the initial stages, religion made sense because, you know, that's all you've taught and you're not really yeah. shown the other side of the spectrum. As I, you know, got educated further and further, and I kind of discussed this in one of my uh, classes at uni too. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Religion, well, in the past used to play a role of telling people how to live life in in a more respectable way, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like that made sense. And I felt like that was a very good purpose that religion served, you mm -hmm. know, to, to kind of tell someone, you know, this is the noble, you know, the ethical way to live, which not only makes life kind of uh, makes life easy for that person, but also makes life a little bit more pleasant for other people. Mm -hmm. um, 
but i also started to see that religion turned into a very political sort of scenario where it wasn't just the good messages that were spreading but uh, but yeah. also you know messages that incite violence that incite mm-hmm. xenophobia yeah. separatism and that mm-hmm. kind of escalated over my life and the more i was able to understand the causes and the sources of these issues is when i started to kind of feel like okay maybe the ideas of religion have been so warped over time that right now what we're given is very different to what it was initially intended to be and that kind of brings this you know huge dilemma where i have to choose between following something i don't necessarily yeah. Yeah. agree with at this mm-hmm. current state of time mm-hmm. and you know looking for answers myself and this is when science came in and this revealed another spectrum of religion where anything that science couldn't explain at the current period of time was kind of brushed off to religion to explain right. through god yeah. and as science progresses concepts of religion kind of came undone where science provided evidence proof you know of evolution of the big bang and suddenly the theories and the core institutions and principles of religion started to unravel and started to lose a bit of credibility for me mm-hmm. yeah and this kind of led me into this whole bandwagon where you kind of abandon religion and you mm-hmm. go towards the more scientific modern life where mm-hmm. it's just like there's nothing after like your death and yeah i am going to make the most of what i do now mm-hmm. and live my best life you all right yeah pretty much <laughs> i mean that's very outdated but yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh wow ouch <laughs> me yolo is like me being trying to co- being cool but yeah i can get it going yeah yeah um so that that i feel like that trend you know live recklessly you only live once like experience yeah. everything although it was it was a very good motto to go by you know living every day like it's your last cuz i could die tomorrow but if i'm happy with how i've led my life till now then i'm okay with going yeah it kind of led me into consumerism you know where okay okay that's an interesting leap because i i haven't really explored that leap so the fact that you you have one life led you to consumerism mhm yeah mm-hmm. so i feel like that's when i started to kind of look at all of these other things that were offered that isn't necessarily supported by religion or you know that kind of leads you into things like the social media trends you know the the hype of the internet that everyone wants to do right now and i felt like once you go into that kind of spiral then it's just you being marketed things claiming that they're going to make your life that it's going to yeah. make your life better so like post more on instagram you get more followers apparently you make <laughs> yeah. money out of it and then you can okay, travel yeah. and live well, i know life. that yeah if you have posts that show that you have a large group of friends then it must mean that you're like socially happy and that you're content with yeah. how your life is going but it wasn't necessarily the case and i mm-hmm. and i feel like it's only through experience that you realize that what is put out there and what's you know kind of shown to the general public of your life and another person's life is never the truth and you don't yeah, yeah sure, and you sure. don't necessarily understand the bad sides of their lives because it's mm-hmm. always hidden for example mm-hmm. you know there was this really popular youtuber called Liza Koshi she was you know mm-hmm. dominating everything she was literally on every billboard interviewing presidents and suddenly she just okay. said I am not doing well with my mental health so I am going to just stop and she took a whole years break and that kind of puts this whole concept into light where you yes. could look at someone and think that they have everything their life's perfect you know they can buy whatever they want they can post whatever mm-hmm. they want mm-hmm. and that that is what gives them fulfillment but even those people who seemingly have everything aren't necessarily mm-hmm. happy but a simple exactly. guy who 
works a nine to five, has a family, mm-hmm. and you know goes for a drink with friends yeah. at six o'clock in the night, mm-hmm. is way happier than that person who has everything. Actually, I have a poem based on that, but yeah, I I get it. Like, I know what you're saying. Like the prepackaged commercial off the shelf happiness is not what it as advertised. Yeah, exactly. The, you know, it doesn't live up to the hype. And there's just one thing before you continue, and I really like you know to hear your thoughts on this. But like, also there's in, if you go into philosophy, you realize is happiness even the goal? Yeah, mm. because the ancient Greek philosophers thought that what they thought as happiness is so much more substantial and deep and profound than what we think as happiness. What we think of happiness is feeling good all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas what they thought of happiness was a meaningful life, which helps others and which, you know, moves society forward. So happiness itself has changed as a concept. Like for us, happiness is just like, oh yeah, you know, I feel good right now. I feel good all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got a lot of money. I drive this car. But like, this is why Aristotle called it eudaimonia. And you know, you can be happy after you're dead, which is kind of impossible now. Yeah. Yeah. So happiness is very chemical now, right? Dopamine firing in your brain, which is a stupid thing because dopamine cannot fire if you do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So mm. There's a, you know, it's happiness was imbued. It was like drenched with meaning those days. Now happiness is just like, yeah, what can I buy next? What, you know, who can I date next? Very yeah, true. So, yeah, so anyway, it is very interesting and, from away from religion. Uh, on the concept of happiness, and yeah. I was victim to this for a very long time too. Mm-hmm. I always, well, not just me, but I think the mass population views happiness as a destination mm-hmm. rather than the journey. And I learned this very late, but I realized that happiness is just like any other emotion or sensation it's like mm. being hungry or sleepy it comes and goes and is never permanent mm. so yeah no matter what successes you have no matter what materialistic you know property you own the happiness that you get from it is only temporary and yeah exactly the only way to kind of sustain it is find things and surround yourself with things that give you that temporary feeling mm. of happiness rather than work towards something that you consider will give you permanent happiness while being miserable like today that this is you know this is like um, it's very heartening you know you're a young boy and you've gotten made so much strides in this kind of thinking but yeah if you tie yourself down to hits of happiness, you know, like, oh, I feel good right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's gonna, and the psychologist word is in, you know, study after study, you know, philosophy, but as you habituate, right? Mm-hmm. Your Ferrari is not going to be that, it's not going to give you that dopamine hit three months down the line. Yeah. True. But this is where Pascal brought now, this is where philosophy is the real answer to a lot of, and has always been the answer and the modern world is no, you know, no different from this the when you're working towards something of meaning yeah mm-hmm. it's a this is the different definition of happiness right the struggles and the travails that you know you experience on the way those are also meaningful yeah when when you're just trying to get whether it's through chemical means or others high Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the biggest misconceptions with Pulesh is that the only addictions are chemical addictions. Yeah? True. You know, now we have shopping addictions. We have so many different addictions, social media addictions, and no chemicals are entered into your body. They may be generated by your body, but they're not entered into your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So what happens here is this is a very, such an important thing for the modern person to understand is that what what is the impact you're going to make in this world? What are the, what are your dreams? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the struggle towards your dreams is a contentment. And then we must distinguish contentment from happiness, right? Happiness is a very, as you said, perfectly, right? You know, you buy this thing, it's 20, 30 minutes of happiness. Yeah? Mm-hmm. The question is to generate in the absence that Frederick Nietzsche said of God, 
yeah is to generate meaning and purpose in this life in a in an age where the educated air quotes whether they say it overtly or not will not believe in a higher power how to generate meaning yeah and none of the standard solutions work right self help and consumerism if they worked we wouldn't be in this predicament right so i you know great i very helpful for me continue like so what did you find when you gave up and you science debunked religion basically right am i right to sum it up like that pretty much yeah yeah so what did you find because you know i'm i'm old so i want to see what the young people found yeah what did you find an emptiness or whatever you know you tell me i have no clue uh well well in my case at least i felt like i had nothing to work up to which lifted a lot of mm-hmm. burden off of me cuz with okay. religion of course it's live a live a meaningful life you know do good and then you get to heaven or that's when like okay. god thinks yeah, you're a good right? person and yeah. suddenly that was all lifted off of me and i get to decide how to live my life i get mm-hmm. to choose my priorities and it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to be you know mm-hmm. care for everyone you know mm-hmm. sharing is caring type of things i mean sure yeah, these yeah, are yeah. good things but like those aren't like goals anymore and i felt like i was mm-hmm. in control of my own life and i got to choose the direction that i wanted to take it in as opposed to you know living for some sort of end yeah. goal that some higher power that i don't even have any evidence of you know deems right and also on top of that i kind of came to this realization that i have more proof right now at the current state of time at least that there is nothing after death but if i spent right. my entire life believing that there's something after death mm-hmm. and i have this sense of regret the second i die i've completely wasted my life okay. and i felt like i am okay with you know being wrong in the future than to be mm-hmm. than being wrong in the present to the point where i've just you know given up on experiences given up on given up on things in life right. that i okay. wanted to have in terms of the fear of death one of the great philosophers in my view and I suppose in general is epicurus and he had this very famous quote yeah in terms of the fear of death which i'll just talk about you know initially where i am death is not and where death is i am not so you shouldn't worry about death because once you're dead no one cares but i know your questions a little adjacent to that and the answer i mean i don't know the philosophy is not about answers it's about a better system of questions mm-hmm. and all i can say there is like yeah i know when you realize there's nothing after this you want to just max out here right is that is that what you were exactly. telling me yeah you just want to max out here but at the same time maxing out here is kind of feel does it feel empty i i guess once it's over cuz i went mm. all out last year of school mm. just did everything that i possibly could and mm. once everything was gone it was almost like i had nothing more to look for in sri lanka and i kind of looked to the us for yeah. the rest of my life yeah yeah it's like the chasing the next high yeah yeah exactly yeah i think if i were to you know obviously vain in a philosophical sense all i'd say is what happens there is um yeah obvious you know you you should live to the you know the you know you should live this life to the maximum but what happens is if you define the maximum as just feeling good that is actually an emptiness mm-hmm. yeah so you know that's the very famous uh, philosophical thought experiment is the experience machine right what if you could hook up your hook yourself up to a machine where you feel you get everything you want and the matrix is based on this uh, i know the matrix is a very old movie for you kids but for us it was like you know <laughs> right the matrix is you know basically you just get whatever you want yeah one day you know i'm a bar, i like basketball and life was dedicated to that so you know you are the nba champion next thing you know you have the nobel prize winner in literature everything goes your way would that be a good life but here's the thing uh if you think living your life to the fullest is just about highs and i don't mean chemical highs i don't mean drugs and alcohol but i just mean like you know having fun every day 
in that's the wrong not the wrong but that's like sort of um, it's self defeating in your you know that's that's the problem with debunking religion yeah mm-hmm. you got rid of the bigger meaning and you've got this very sugary meaning right i've got to be happy mm-hmm. yeah so if you can sort of find a more substantial a, a meaning which has this deep entangled roots in humanity and in life that's a totally different thing yeah mm. so i think when people if i forget about abandoning religion i don't think i ever had it yeah though on some birth certificate it will say some label mm-hmm. yeah because my you know my background is not at all religious but like what i found was when i came to this intellectual point where you know i knew god doesn't exist i knew yeah and air quotes again what i found was okay now what now what can i do you know there's a lot of pressure to maximize this life but if that maximization is just you know me just you know having the best day over and over again mm-hmm. that's again an emptiness so what we've got to do is generate sort of like a more substantial meaningful you know profound deep kind of meaning there yeah so it it's, it's wonderful to see kids at your age you know thinking about these kind of things because the alternative is to as i always tell my kids on whatever in class is to die at shady oaks right you get that two you know your upper middle class you get those two driveways you get yeah <laughs> the weekends off and yeah you earn a lot of money you get your 401k which is not even a thing in america now but like you know you, you you're saving for the for retirement mm-hmm. yeah so so yeah it's 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 actually opening many vistas in my uh, understanding so yeah go on so what so what's next now with all this understanding what's next we pull it well from you know the initial shock of go all out now and you know go find the new yeah. thing wherever you go and once that was taken away i was stuck here and i mm-hmm. was you know left to look for the next thing here i mm-hmm. kind of came across this theory called the compounding effect where okay something you do today something really small seemingly insignificant mm-hmm. that someone may consider completely unnecessary will mm-hmm. compound and amount to something big over time okay. and that kind of gave me this whole you know motivation to take things slow to just do the little mm-hmm. things on a day to day basis and forget about mm-hmm. the bigger picture mm-hmm. in the future so that when i mm-hmm. do reach that point in the future you know a year two years 10 years from now mm-hmm. i i will look back and not see a burden of work or like the bad times mm-hmm. but i will see the little bits of happiness and uh you know the struggles and mm-hmm. me basically persevering and overcoming things to reach mm-hmm. to you know that point that may seem like a goal so like to sum up there that i know people might call it a cliche but you know sometimes clichés are right the big the small things are the big things mm-hmm. yeah i think that tracks very well with what a lot of i think i've got to go back to the legend aristotle i think that tracks a lot with what eudaimonia is right a meaningful life mm-hmm. yeah where individualism look individualism is a reaction to the fact that people peasants and the great majority of people in the span of human history have been nameless faceless servants for the powers that be mm-hmm. yeah so whether it's kings just basically kings yeah okay so individualism is a reaction to that but at the same time it leaves the individual very lonely right like trying to just you know be happy all the time so i think what's good about what you said was like you know the compounding effect like if you can make a difference here that's also a human impulse yeah? mm-hmm. as opposed to just feeling good all the time so you know it, you know what i tell my econ students is look 
you know, the, there are people cleaning these roads, they are searing in the hot sun, they are getting soaked in the cold rain, mm -hmm. yeah? Okay, now, where's your empathy for them? Yeah, and they think of it as a service, as a duty. But for me, it's actually, it will benefit them if they integrate into the, you know, multifaceted, entangled social network, mm -hmm. right? You know, if they befriend one of those people, that will be to their game. Mm -hmm. yeah? I think a life, even now, Epicurus, one of the great, you know, as I mentioned him before, yeah, but he's, he's misunderstood. You know, Epicurus was a great Greek philosopher and what he said is so misunderstood. He said, you should pursue a life of pleasure, but what we define as pleasure is wrong. Yeah. It, what is pleasure today? Eating what you like, drinking what you like. And, Oh, I do all those things, but like, you know, consuming, yeah, you know, making yourself happy. But his definition of pleasure, A, very importantly, was the absence of pain, ataraxia and aponia, but also, you know, a, a life of meaning. And that is very difficult in a hyper-individualistic world where it's all about me. Mm -hmm. yeah? So, yeah, I can understand how it's difficult for kids, yeah, because... You know, you're always taught you should go to the best unis, you should <laughs> defeat your classmates. Yeah. yeah? I, I can see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when that all breaks down, you're like, what am I? What should I do with this life? Yeah. There's nothing after this. Yeah. Along those lines, um, this yeah. whole, I mean, I'm not necessarily sure about how, uh, how far this goes in the Western world, but at least in the Eastern side of the world, it's always, you know, get high marks, go to the best unis, you know, outperform everyone. Yeah. And hmm. for for a very long time, I did kind of, you know, go, all right, I need to do this so that I can, you know, climb the ladder, you know, win the race. And once yeah. I left school, even though I mm -hmm. felt like, you know, I kind of had reached a point where, you know, I was kind of ahead in the race after school. Mm -hmm. It was when I came to uni that I realized that none of it mattered and I'm right back to square one. And yeah. this kind of gave me this realization. Um, and a lot of people did after they went to uni and I've spoken to them about this, mm. is that we worked so hard, put so much pressure on ourselves and basically ran the race that everyone expected us to run. Yeah. To, a hamster on a wheel. Yeah, yeah. to yeah. basically end up in, at the same point that everyone ends up ends up in at some point in their life. So instead of running this race constantly and never looking back, mm -hmm. I kind of remind myself that, you know, sometimes it's okay to just stop and just look around, just yeah. take it all in. Smell the yeah. roses, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, I, I feel like oh, wow. these small realizations that you have throughout life, you know, when you go from a very premature mindset to a more mature kind mm. of mental development, you, these realizations kind of take your quality of life to a better position. Mm. And it's only when people stop looking for these realizations and these reasons is, well, I feel that they plateau and kind of maybe go into, you know, mm. the more dark extremes or even just remain in a constant state of, you know, unhappiness. Uh, I've got so much of like stuff to add to this, but like, you know, it, it's amazing that you said this, but like, all I can say is, yeah, I mean, look, if you look at school as defined, like, you know, by a very competitive school that I teach in, what happens is you, you spend 12 years and it just, it's, it's a type of reductionism. The kid who, you know, made new friends, learned new things, but got like B's and C's is a failure. The kid who, you know, just studied six, seven hours a day, if that's even a thing, but it probably is, yeah? And just got like five A stars or four A stars is a success, mm -hmm. yeah? So what we're doing is we're taking 12 years of the best years of a human being's life. We are the most open-minded and we are reducing it to like, four letters yeah? or five letters with a little notch on the end <laughs> yeah okay what has education become because a lot of people now this is not philosophy this is history mm -hmm. 
education was a very different thing education used to be and maybe this part is wrong and people won't agree with me but education would was for the aristocrats and the well to do to open their minds yeah that's how education started now education is a mass produced commodity yeah yeah so what has happened is education is just to make you not to open your mind and to have a better broader richer more meaningful life education is to make you a better mm-hmm. worker right this is why when you are on your fourth year of university we pulesh google and I, i i don't know what your major is so i'm just going to go with the companies i know mm-hmm. yeah google and apple and so on are going to be like oh what when you finish join a you know you, you got a job offer yeah education is work attraction mm-hmm. yeah so obviously what you know 12 years of the most important years of your life yeah and you're yeah you're going to you're just training to be a better hamster on the wheel very true yeah education you know there's a very famous quote though the person who said it escapes me the point of education is to replace an empty mind with a open mind and that is not what education does right mm-hmm. it replaces an empty mind with a full mind of you know various theories and stats and exams so this is the this is the dilemma this is the paradox and this is the irony of modern life right more people go into education universities were for the intellectuals those days very my, uh, slim minority went to them and it was about philosophers philosophizing in ancient greece in the squares the town squares and all now what it has become is is mass produced same time it's just it's a trading program mm-hmm. you just and this is why the import certain courses have become marginalized right good luck doing sociology <laughs> sociology okay you can become a sociologist in a university so so it's very you know and this is the ironic pity that i have for you kids yeah, you guys are so privileged you have so much but at the same time i pity mm-hmm. you yeah so that's the you know with all these privileges with all these advantages these you know head you know head starts on life in the end what is the point if you hate yourself and you hate your situation which inevitably turns to hating life and others yeah. Yeah? very troublesome yeah it's vexatious yeah true sir and it's only when you talk to people or listen to people talk about things like this is when you realize that you know there's a lot of changes you can do to your life and that it's primal things that we all understand at a at a very grassroots level but we never actually take the time to dive deeper into it and kind of hmm. explore the idea further which well after i kind of did elevated you know my way of thinking so much to the point where i feel like my mental health my quality of life and basically just my approach to life drastically improved so to clarify you think that thinking about a good life made your life uh, better no sir i think that thinking about what gives me meaning and what gives an act i do meaning or a certain scenario meaning kind of made mm-hmm. me understand a particular situation in a broader way which took me closer to a better resolution to a situation as opposed mm-hmm. to a more negative one that's what philo in if you translate the words philo means love so knowledge so this is what it is right it's a pursuit of knowledge to make a better mm-hmm. life with you know you by thinking about these issues you have outed and you have exposed and you have dissected many of the issues that many teenagers and adults face mm-hmm. so you know this is where socrates is very relevant the unexamined life is not worth living mm-hmm. when you are drawn to examination of your life at first it's painful but in the end it will lead to a you know broader better richer life now what's next what are the trending okay now covid mm-hmm. okay and trust me this is not a philosophical because philosophy has a set of questions for everything now covid has delayed your university life then various other can't come to school and you know the kids people they were like oh 
you know, it's good. I, I don't want to, I, I can't come to school. I don't have to wake up at like 5.30 mm-hmm. and everything. And then three months down the line, they're like, oh, I miss school. Yeah, I'm never going to see my friends again. Yep, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so now, what's, what's the, now, you know, this is why Stoicism is a great philosophical, you know, school. And what it says is actions, basically, though they don't say it literally, mm-hmm. Actions speak uh, louder than words. Now, what are you going to take forward? What changes are you going to make in your life now that you've been exposed to this and now that you are curious about all this? Well, what I'm going to take forward is Mm. that even though some things, you know, like school classes, they may seem tedious. They may be, Mm -hmm. you know, something that you want to escape as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Once something like that is gone, you have a far greater appreciation for it. And I usually laugh at adults when they say, oh, I'd do anything to go back to, you know, my childhood. But I honestly feel that I will do anything to go back to like year six and do it all over again if I could. Uh, So what I kind of take away from this is, you know, to take it all in as I go and even if it's good, even if it's bad, even if this seems like the worst possible position in life that you can be in, you're going to look back at this in the future and want to be in it again. And I feel like not having that regret is, you know, the biggest gift I can give myself in the future. Wow. Okay. And yeah. So you've touched upon so many things, but yeah. Well, that's that's pretty much it. (laughs) Okay. So this is... Again, I have to go back to one of my favorite, I'd say top five, but then I pretty much rank everyone under that at various circumstances. This is what Frederick Nietzsche said, right? The, you know, it's used in rap songs now, but that which doesn't kill you can only make you stronger. That's by a philosopher, mm-hmm. believe it or not, right? Frederick Nietzsche. So, so what you're saying is it's those experiences and everybody studies show say that even though they hated school while they were in it they they long they yearn for that mm-hmm. yeah so you know the the next step people is to say what is so special about that that makes people long mm-hmm. for it yeah and that, that also casts light on something else if you hated it while it was going on and you long for it after maybe instantaneous pleasure is not the end all and be all of human striving, mm-hmm. right? You, you hated waking up early in the morning, wearing a uniform and listening to the dinosaurs drone on about <laughs> whatever. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm one of the dinosaurs, I'm sure. But like, what is, what is, what's up there? Yeah. yeah? Yeah, because everyone that I've ever spoken to in my life says, oh, I hated school when I was there. But, you know, that was the, those were the best days of my life. Mm. To quote Brian Adams. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? And very rarely quoted, but yeah. So what's up there? So these are the, you know, philosophy is not about answers. That's religion. That's even consumerism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You buy this, you'll be happy. Philosophy is about refining your questioning technique. What are the, if you can ask, ask the better questions, philosophy says you can have a better life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's fundamentally different from what else is sold. Sure. Because they are final. Those are, you know, solutions mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Why this you will feel happy. But the thing is, it's, it's a, it's it's a donut. It's a cupcake. It's a Big Mac. Yeah, you feel have you you're good while you're eating it, while you're consuming it, and then mm-hmm. you have a down. Again, this might stray a bit off topic, but um, <laughs> uh, so the reason why I kind of liked philosophy so much when I initially was exposed to it in school was because whenever I did anything else, and everything in my life to that point was pretty much this pattern there is a question and there was always an answer there was you know what's game theory and there's a paragraph you need to write or what's what's 
You had to take a shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. There was like what's two times two and it's it's yeah. four. What philosophy kind of did was it answered my questions with more questions. <laughs> it's a very nice way and of putting it. I yeah. felt that in the study of philosophy at least there is no wrong answer but just different mm-hmm. answers. Mm-hmm. and mm. right now i could be saying something that you may not completely agree with or you could be some, saying something that i don't agree with but none of it yeah, is totally. wrong and everything is accepted as long as mm-hmm. you know there's some sort of substance to it exactly so philosophy is a process mm-hmm. you get it it's not an end product it's the process of questioning asking mm. you know diving deeper dissecting yeah so the the thing is the only criticism of philosophy that i could offer is this and philosophers don't like this this is why john stuart mill said uh, socrates unsatisfied is better than a pig satisfied but this is the this is why this is my dilemma this is my angst in philosophy reflection now once we go with these questions to people we are not increasing their subjective mm-hmm. happiness yeah you get it they are not they are not happy sheep or pigs as john stuart mill said so what we are doing is we are enriching the intellectual life but they are not sated they are not content they are not as happy in their bubbles as mm-hmm. they were so this is the problem right this is this goes back to now remember we did plato's mm-hmm. cave yeah somebody escaped from the caves is the real sunlight and the green of the grass and the gold of the sun and the blue of mm-hmm. the rivers yeah and comes back and is vilified now plato stops there saying you know what a tragedy that this person is at worst killed and at best ostracized mm-hmm. but here's the thing this is this is one thing which again comes back to philosophy is it better to keep people satisfied with their racism mm-hmm. with their materialism with you know their various proclivities and mm-hmm. prejudices though i am into philosophy and that's my life i would say philosophy is not going to make you happier in the instant in the moment but it's you know it, it's a set of questions mm-hmm. yeah so the kid who never thought about this in your class in your batch yeah is probably happier but then philosophy can make it come back by saying is happiness the ultimate mm-hmm. goal so yeah it's very interesting in that sense uh, and vimarshna you touched on plato's yeah. cave right? <laughs> and yeah uh, that was a topic that you know kind of really stuck with me and i had a few discussions with mm-hmm. friends but well mm-hmm. before i tell you what what how that conversation went why don't you kind of explain what the allegory of the cave is and i i'll, yeah, I'll give you good. the counter i got for this which is wow <laughs> and love then it. you yeah, can kind of give it. me the answer for it <laughs> so there's a cave mm-hmm. okay and people are there's a fire okay and people are tied behind the fire and obviously the fire shadows are projected onto the cave mm-hmm. wall yeah so my i don't think my visual yeah if anyone this, but, listening you know, wants and, to like no just google plato's yeah, google cave <laughs> yeah okay google mm-hmm. it yeah so there's a fire there's people and behind the fire there's a wall and behind the people who are chained to the wall are puppeteers mm-hmm. okay and they are casting shadows because obviously for the source of light is you know between a wall and a set of actors then there are shadows cast and these shadows entrance the people they, these shadows are the people's mm-hmm. lives yeah shackles aside these shadows are the people's lives anyway at various times people various uh, people who are shackled unshackle themselves doesn't matter how doesn't matter why and then they you know they they cross the fire they come out of the cave many who try fail and then they just say you know this is ridiculous and then they go back and get mm-hmm. shackled again but 
one person, which is actually not one person, but you know, a metaphor here again, sees, gets out of the cave and sees the real sunlight. Now, sunlight is brighter than any mm -hmm. fire and real grass and real water and real animals and reality is richer than any kind of fiction perpetrated by mm -hmm. anyone. And this person sees the sunlight of truth. Mm -hmm. and they are immersed in this. They are so engrossed in this. And when they get this impulse mm -hmm. to see, okay, say, look, oh, my, my brethren, my, my family, my friends, my community, they are, they are shackled and they climb, okay, very bravely. They climb down back into the cave. And they go back into the cave and say, you guys are living in an illusion. Mm -hmm. And as I said earlier, I think the best scenario, best case or the worst case scenario is this person is considered, you know, a heretic and killed. The best case scenario is they're considered mm -hmm. mad. Yeah. And the allegory of the cave indicates and symbolizes and expresses the predicament of the mm -hmm. philosopher. Yeah. The philosopher has seen further and deeper than the average mm -hmm. person. But the predicament of the philosopher Vipulesh is that they can't convey this to their very, to the people they wish to convey this, mm -hmm. their brethren, you know, whatever it is, their friends, their relatives. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very powerful allegory, a very powerful metaphor to what is happening and what will always happen in human mm -hmm. existence. Now, uh, now we can't remind that. Yeah. Uh, so I was basically this philosopher <laughs> who, you know, thought escaped. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Saw, saw the true meaning behind life, you know, came back to okay. get the people right. who were just staring at shadows of, say, religion, consumerism, you know. And um, this story got flipped on me where a very religious person goes, well, I could say the same that you're kind of staring at the shadows of, you know, philosophy and mm -hmm. atheism, whereas someone who truly believes in God kind of escapes these shackles and sees the true mm -hmm. meaning of, you know, life in religion and devotion and, you know, escaping the cave is pretty much like, you know, heaven or eternal life. And that person coming back mm -hmm. and trying to convince these kind of developed minds wouldn't necessarily work. And I, 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 I didn't know how to answer this because it, it kind of made sense. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense because this is why this is also the power of philosophy. I know I'm like a propagandist and, you know, they should, if, if philosophy were a consumer brand, I would. But here's the thing. No, Frederick Nietzsche said, Plato is a bore, right? So here's the, what happens when you do that, yeah? Mm -hmm. Is you're not on sound epistemological ground. You're not, you know, the other person can come back with those arguments, mm -hmm. yeah? And you've got to live with that, yeah? Mm -hmm. What if you are the one who's chained and they are the one who has seen reality? And this is when... Very reluctantly, Vipulesh, we've got to entertain science. Mm -hmm. Philosophers don't really, they have a very skeptical, not, not very skeptical, but varying. They, they are not, you know, science is the one that will prove the person who went out, went out of the cave and went, came back and will say, okay, here, you know, your interlocutor, whoever came back and said this, they don't have the weight of science on their side, right? Mm -hmm. And if they abandon science, they've got to abandon electricity, they've got to abandon cars, they've got to abandon the internet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have on your Right. It is not in the philosophical domain, science necessarily. Obviously, there are, you know, overlaps and philosophy helps science in many ways. And but that is when they can't prove their case. If this were a court, court of law and evidence, facts were the arbiter, yeah. they can't prove their case. Yeah. You can. That's the difference. Yeah, so that is the only comeback. But philosophy has to like sort of get a loner, you know, get some sort of sort of help from science. And if anyone listening wants to know what we're talking about, just Google Plato's cave or the allegory of the cave and yeah, you'll get a very detailed description of what it is. So I hope you can invite me on a, another of course, episode. Yeah. And 
you know. <laughs> and I hope in that episode you use my name as opposed to the my. Title. I tried. I really tried. It's it's. <laughs> you tried. I know. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all we have time for today. If any one of you all have any more questions, feel free to contact Vimarshana. He's open to discussions. Of course, uh, check his books out. They have more answers than this podcast can offer. Any any concluding thoughts? Any final sentiments you want to leave them with, sir? Oh, Vimarshana. <laughs> Still working on that. Like philosophy itself, a work in progress. Yeah? Okay. So basically what I can tell you is this. You are born in a time to a family, in a country, perhaps to a race and to a gender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You will inevitably be asked to define yourself by that. But philosophy is east to west and spanning humanity is the search not only for the truth, that's one part of philosophy, but a broader richer life and i'm stealing this from a philosopher himself and a historian Piero Zeldin. humans are the heretics of nature we are not bound by our nature so if you want to live a good life and again i'm taking a quote from socrates the unexamined life is not worth living and you have to think and you don't have to believe anything me or vipulesh says or vipulesh and i correct <laughs> Okay. What you have to do is philosophy is a provocation to think, teases you into think, and that will lead you to a better life, a, a, a richer, broader life. Yeah. And that is how I would like to end. All right. Ideally. Okay. That was probably <laughs> the best conclusion to an episode that I'm going to get. So let's just end it there. Till next week. All right. All right. Okay. Um, a great pleasure and my time at the high school I taught was a great, you know, it was all worth it for this. Of course, sir. And honestly, it was a, it was a pleasure talking to you too. The discussions were honestly thought-provoking and feel like it's going to change a lot more people's perspe- perspectives. It's just me voicing the great <laughs> minds of his. That's all.